Welcome to the Wealthy and Healthy podcast, hosted by me, Beck Hibbard. This is the podcast where I share all of the juice around my story and how I went from being a broke and bankrupt single mom who had lost it all to rebuild my life in a few short years, creating a global six-figure business all while remaining in my feminine flow and living a life of freedom. Now, in these episodes of this podcast, I will be teaching you how to build the life of your dreams whilst becoming the wealthiest and healthiest version of yourself. Now, let's get into today's episode. What is up, you guys? Welcome to the podcast. Welcome to today's episode. I have a guest on today. She has been on here a few times. (laughs) She's, She's a regular here. It is Re, my good friend, a long-term friend, fellow coach. Re, if people haven't yet met you um, or heard you speak, do you want to give them a little bit of a backstory around your story with your career, how you started in the industry, where you're at now, and what kind of clients you help? Oh, that's a great question. And hello. I started in self-love coaching. I used to be a boudoir photographer. And then I was a self-love coach and then I went into mindset and then being in mindset, I created a successful business. I hit six figures within eight months and then people started asking me like, how did you do it? What are you doing? Why? How are you making this money? Blah, 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 blah. And then naturally I fell into helping other business owners create wealth for themselves using the strategy that I use as well as the mindset tools that I have. So now I really help people, particularly in startup, to get into the momentum to start to begin to create the freedom lifestyle for themselves using mindset and manifestation and money mindset and business strategy and all the things. But what I actually love, 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 love to riff on is human behavior. Human behavior fascinates the pants off me, which is why I'm super excited for the topic today. Mm, today's topic is juicy. It really is. We're going to be talking about moving through the fear of judgment from your friends and family as an entrepreneur. And also too, when people don't believe what you're doing is legitimate, right? Like, and this is the reason why I wanted Re to jump on is because you've worked through this yourself as well. But Re was my first ever coach that I invested in back in 2019 when I was literally broke and bankrupt and trying to get my business um, in the network marketing profession to be profitable and all the things. And I had a lot of resistance from friends and family, right? Like before starting my business, I worked a nine to five. I was a project manager in the um, construction industry. So it was just very much clock in, clock out job. And that's all fine. You know, I found when I had a nine to five, everyone's like, how's work? How's it going? Like, you're going to work your way to the top. Are you going to be a manager and all these things? But when I started to branch out and start my own business, then it was like, oh, but what do you actually do? Or, oh, it's just a little side hustle. Or, oh, make sure you're not scamming people. And there was a lot of little backhanded comments from my friends and my family. And it really affected me. And and this was a huge thing that we coached on way back then. Um, And it's still something that I have to do a lot of coaching myself on, you know, and pull myself out of those shadows when they appear. But I wanted to, can you give your personal experience when it comes to you starting your business Um, and the kind of like the support, did you get much support from your family? Did they understand it? 
So at the beginning, probably more when I was a photographer, there wasn't much of the like scarcity projected from them because they they saw it as a side hustle and I also believed it was a side hustle. So I didn't have that full embodiment of a CEO leader at the time when it came to my photography because, mind you, I was like 18 when I started doing photography. So I was kind of like, oh, yeah, extra money, woo, kind of thing. So, and they loved it because it was more of the creation. So I was being in the creative field, so they they thought it was great. Then when I went into coaching, they didn't quite, some of them didn't quite understand how I could help people. They just, they they didn't see how someone that wasn't a professional in the likes of like a psychologist or a counselor or someone that hadn't been to uni, et cetera, they just didn't quite understand how someone like me could help other people. And they, then they were also a bit of like fear came up of, am I going to be able to like cover my own expenses, et cetera, et cetera, when it came to, you know, creating a full-time income. And also I was the, probably the first in my family that met personal development, like actually got into personal development, knew realized that personal development actually existed. I had never heard of it before until I found it. So I came across like Tony Robbins and I went to UPW and they're like, is this even a thing, etc. There's one family member of mine that is an entrepreneur. He had his own business, but he did it a very safe. Like I even asked him today, I'm like, what are your investments? And he goes, I sell fun super. Like he doesn't have you know, any type of investment shares portfolio, nothing, because he's like, I, I control my money. Right. So it was more of a very controlled um, safety style of creating money. So when I went out and did this, uh, there was a few people that just didn't quite understand it. And I remember when I actually um, turned my business into a company, I rang my family member that had the, their own business. And I was like, I'm a company now. Like I'm a real fucking business because I'm a company and I'm applied for GST. And their response was be careful not to make too much profit. Oh, And I was like, what? <laughs> like, what? Like, be careful not to make too much profit because the tax will get you. And there's so many things and you know, blah, 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 blah. And I was like, all right, no, like, thanks and it kind of threw me I thought I thought I'd get like at least a congratulations because it meant like you're a legitimate business if you've hit company and you're creating GST like you're a legitimate company and that was when I kind of went oh because this particular family member was the one in my family that I was like I've got to make them proud. Like I'm doing all of this for one day for them to say, like, I'm so proud of you. And it was that moment when they turned around and said, oh, be careful not to make too much profit. I'm like, maybe they are proud of me, but this is their version of protecting me, like being mindful. So this is the part with the human behavior is like, well, let's look at it from their lens. Why are they saying that compared to I'm so proud of you? And it's just probably because they've come through generations of like, you know, all the things that have happened when it comes to finances and um, like the dollar value and things like that. Like maybe that's why he was the way he was. Um, But yeah, I've definitely had my fair share of that. I've had it more so with friends um, than I have had it with family, but that was kind of like, that was it 
mainly when it came to my business, when it came to family. Um, I've had one other family member tell me that they thought that I was just literally in it for the money and I was utilizing um, people's misery to make money. And I was like, that hurt, that one actually hurt the most. Um, and that's only because I believe I'm a really good person and I genuinely freaking care. And the, I know the amount of times I've stayed up late, not going to sleep at night. Cause I'm like, fuck, like, how can I help this person? They're going through so much. Like I've cried over people's scenarios, feeling like I couldn't help them because of cer- certain circumstances. So like, I knew how much I cared. And then for someone in my family that's known me my whole life to say, you know, you're only doing it for the money. I was like, fucking ouch. Like that one, that that felt more like they didn't know me. So it was like, it was more of a, that really hurt because it felt like you didn't know me and that you think that I'm about the money and like they hadn't seen all the work that I've done. They don't even, they don't even make sense of what I actually do and how I help people. They just see that I make money. And the other projection that I think is really important to address is anyone that most people that think that they like they're going to project that you're not going to do enough or you're in it for the money or whatever. I believe that there's a part of them that thinks that they can't make the money that someone else is making in whatever field. Like maybe they don't believe that they can go after their big dream, you know, and, and it's just a projection for them of it's easy to be like, well, you're just in it for the money. Like you're not doing it for any other reason. And so I have to have compassion, right? Because we just, they only know what they know. And their projections are only their projections because it's their story. Um, doesn't mean it doesn't hurt, but um, yeah, it, it definitely hurt. And it's important to remember that they've got their own story on the other side. Yeah. And, and that's the thing. It definitely hurts, especially when you care so much. You mm. know, I've had a family member literally say to me, you're just scamming people. And it was like, do you really think? And it was a really close family member. And it was said kind of in a joking way, but at the same time, it wasn't. Like, I'm like, do you really think that I'm that type of person that I'm out to scam people? Like, and it's what you said. It's like, it's almost like you question, do you even know me? Like, what is this whole time of us, you know, being together and spending time together? What has it been for if you have this different perception about me? like at the end of the day, but we can't control people's perceptions. Like we really can't. We can only control how we show up, our reactions, who we are. And so for me, I really had to cultivate a really strong sense of self-confidence and self-worth within myself. So Mm -hmm. that when people were questioning or saying things, I'm like, no, you know, you're a good coach, you're a good mentor and all these things, you know, even recently, like recently, um, a, a past client, you know, said some negative things and that's, you know, duality. Like I'll be totally real here. We've got clients that rave, absolutely rave. They're on the journey with us. They say incredible things and they're constantly tapping in, but you do get the odd occasional person that will say things. And then you sit there and you're like, fuck, am I really, am I really like that? But I also think it's really important not to discredit. And I always think there is time to sit and contemplate and go, okay, what part did I play? you know, is there truth to what they're saying? Why do they have this perception? Have I given them some sort of idea? And having that conversation, if you can with that person, or at least have that conversation with yourself, but then understanding that too, that's just them and and Mm. that's through their lens. So how did you, was there any sort of things in the early stages of business 
that really allowed you to strengthen your self-confidence and your self-worth, especially, you know, and I also want to like remove the whole qualification thing too, because I've had to strengthen my self-confidence. Like I'm not, I'm not qualified. I'm a high school dropout at 15. I was kicked out of of home at 16. There's, There's no qualifications. My work comes from life experiences and um, integrating and seeing results and then being able to implement that, right? That's where my coaching comes from. And so I don't have all of these certificates behind me to fall back on. So I feel like I've had to, you know, cultivate that. And I know you're very much the same. You have a lot of, you know, certificates now and you've done a lot of extensive training and modalities and programming. But in the early stages, how did you cultivate that self-confidence? I stopped telling people what I was doing and where I was going when they had no desire to go there themselves. That was probably the biggest thing that helped me the most with my own confidence because I noticed my confidence depleted when I would go, this is what I'm doing and this is what I'm great at. And, you know, I've had this success, but they don't really understand or they don't care or that's just not where they're going and they have different problems like, you know, they're excited for tax to come, whereas I'm paying tax bills, like those (laughs) kinds of things. Um, so I just stopped telling those people. So even to this day, if someone's like, oh, how are you? Um, you know, how's business? I'm like, yeah, good. Are you getting a lot of clients? Yeah, sticking along. You know, is everything, are you paying your finances? Yeah. Like everything's fine. How many teams do you have? I'm like, does it matter? I have six. They're like, oh, wow. You know, like I just, I kind of like don't really talk about it. I, because they just don't like, they don't get it. I know that they're, I know that they're trying to just have conversation with me. I'm like, but let's connect on things that we actually relate on, like family or, you know, if we both like the footy or, you know, what we want to do on the holidays and what we're going to do for Christmas and how to bake things. I'm like, let's talk about those things. Like just because business is a big part of my life doesn't mean I want to talk about it all the freaking time. And I will talk about it all the freaking time to the people that get it. Mm. right so I'm like I and for me it's way more depth and substance with the people that get it whereas just like talking lingo and just generic shit to people that don't get it I'm like it's fine like it's okay like this is this doesn't have to be the relatable piece so yeah the main thing was confidence was just not telling them about it anymore and kind of just going into my own little vortex and focus of like doing what I'm doing and then my environment representing my results and being fucking humble about it. Like, I think that was a really big thing was like just being humble about it. Um, I had, I had a family member, um, this time last year, I had a amazing 30th on a yacht. Like it was absolutely amazing. I set this inside goal of spending $30,000 on my 30th birthday just for shits and gigs. And people were like, you're doing it from an egotistical place. And I said, actually, if you, if you came on the boat, you would know that 85% of the people that were there were clients. Mm, yeah. Like more clients wanted to come to my birthday than my friends and family. Like none of my family, except my mother and my brother and my mother-in-law and my husband were there and the rest were either friends or clients. 
So I might, it, it was a, it was an experience to bring them along with me and be like, like you helped me get to this point. Like realistically, my clients gave me money and I'm putting it back into an experience where they can attend to experience some luxury of like, they can do this too. Like they can celebrate their lives and themselves this way. If they just keep fucking going. I was like, that was the depth of why I actually did it. Cause I'm someone that like loves entertaining and loves giving people experiences. So I was like, how, how fucking cool is it? I'm like, I get to bring them along and do this experience. So if people thinking that I did it as an ego thing, I'm like, no, like if you've known me for a long time, you'd know my 21st birthday was formal attire. We all got to dress up in formal and it was super fun. And we had like these gold platters and it was all about the experience. So it was, it's keeping it to myself of like, this is my, this is my mission. This is my purpose. And this is my why and fully deeply being in power of my why. And when I believe my why so deeply, nobody else's projection of what I'm doing will rock me because I'm so solid in my belief. Mm. That's what created that confidence. It's like, I'm so fucking so the only time I felt like my confidence was rocked is if I didn't know my purpose and my why of doing something. Like, why am I spending this money or why am I doing this thing or why am I posting this on Instagram? And if people were to attack that and I didn't know why I was doing it or if I was like, oh, fuck, that was an ego thing, that's when it rocked me because I believe they were right. Mm. So I always felt confident when I knew for a fact they were wrong because I was solid. Yeah. And I just want to reiterate that you need to believe your why so deeply. Like in order to not take on other people's perception of you, to take on their negativity, their judgment, you need to believe your why so deeply. That is going to be the thing that moves you through. And yeah. you can even literally like grab a journal and ask yourself, is it ultimately true? If someone says you just want clients because you're greedy, okay, write that down. Is it ultimately true that I'm greedy? Fuck no, it's not. I'm here to create impact. I'm driven by helping people. You know, the the money is an incredible byproduct. You know, energy attracts energy, money's energy. So yeah, when you give energy, you're going to attract energy back, right? When you give value, you're going to get energy back. So ask yourself, is it ultimately true? And a lot of the time it's not. And then if you think something is true, that's where you get to deepen your belief in yourself. That's where you can go within and you get to work on your shadows and all the thing. And that's why I recommend having a coach or being a part of something where you can have, you know, someone, a professional help you with that. So you're not out <laughs> opening wounds. Yeah. Leaving out everywhere. <laughs> yeah. Well, and owning your shadow is super important. So if, like, let's take the greed because the greed one is a, is a common one, especially if you're in business, like ideally we're in business to help people. And at the, in, in return, we're in business to help people. So we create money to live the life we want to live. Like, First and foremost, help people, we receive the money to live the life we want to live, right? Mm -hmm. So there is, like, if we're honest, there is a little bit of greed in the context of, yes, I want a life that I want to live and I'm doing it through the people I want to help, right? There's still, it's still a slight bit of selfishness. The only reason it's like, it hurts you if you're like, if someone says you're greedy and you're like, ow, fuck, that hurt, is if you haven't accepted the greedy part of you. Like if you can actually go, fuck, yeah, I'm actually greedy. I'm like, I want a luxe lifestyle. I want to be able to go on business class. I want to be able to do this. I want to be able to do that. I want to be able to help people. I want to be able to buy these cool things. Like that's what I fuck like. Fuck yeah. I have a, I have a slight bit of greed. 
doesn't mean green greed itself isn't a bad thing like it it depends on what you class as someone as greedy is someone greedy taking all their money and then leaving people poor like if you have extra money you get to then choose how you help people like so that does that make you greedy for choosing to circulate money your way so you could benefit your community absolutely not yet it is still a form of greed because you're collecting more money than the majority Mm. right so it it depends on your definition of greed so asking yourself like how am i greedy where do i believe i'm greedy and how can i improve in a circulation like of money so that even though i am creating more money than the majority that i'm still circulating circulating it in a way that feels like i'm like raising the vibration of my community like that's completely different so it's just acknowledging that yes it's okay to be greedy it's just your definition of how. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. You have to accept the parts of you. Amazing, amazing. And I'm curious to know, why do you think that people look for the validation from their friends or family? Like, why do you think they're, you know, actively telling their friends and family, I'm doing this or I'm doing that, or this is where I'm at. And they're trying to get some sort of validation. Like, why do you think we do this? Mm. Because I believe that, I'm going to say everyone. Normally I don't like to group people together, but I believe everyone wants to feel loved and wants to be safe and wants to belong. And the first place most of us belonged was in our family. So if we're creating this validation of like, see, I'm doing great. See, I'm enough. See, I'm doing wonderful things. It's normally in the context of, wanting to remember to belong. And this is a big thing that happens with people like entrepreneurs is they stop themselves from creating success because of the fear of not belonging in their family or the fear of not belonging in their social network. So they keep themselves in a community that they once belonged in, not knowing that there's another table to sit at on the other side that they they belong at even more. So like the example of having the conversations of wealth There is a table you can sit at that people talk about wealth, that talk about money. Like I have conversations about money, good and bad, with a really great friend of mine. We talk about it like like honestly and openly like it's our favorite flavor of fucking coffee syrup. Like it's just a normal conversation for us. But there's different tables for different things. And maybe you think that you can only belong at your family and friend table. And I promise you, when you let go of the guilt of no longer belonging the same way you used to with them and you continue to grow, there will be a table on the other side that you belong at even more and you can still be loved by your family. It will just be in different contexts. Like, so that's why I believe people want validation is because they just want to feel loved and belong in the place that they always felt the belonging And they don't really believe that there's anything on the other side. And this happens with any kind of group, really. Like I've seen it happen with people in network marketing, like the belonging, and then they don't really want to like do anything that goes outside of the normal of network marketing because it's the place that they belong. They're seeking validation from the people in network marketing because it's a place that they belonged. So it happens in all different networks and you've just got to remember like you belonged in one place, you will belong in other places. There are people that are where you want to go and they will meet you there. And if they are successful, like you notice this, like people that are super successful are excited for other people to get successful. There are tables welcoming you when you decide to sit down. Mm. 
Incredible. And it's so true. And, and when I think about new tables to sit at, right, you are the one that has to pull out your chair to sit on the chair at the table. Absolutely. No one else can pull that chair out for you. It has to be you, you know, you're the one. So you have to feel worthy enough to be able to walk into that room, to be able to pull out that chair and to be able to sit down at that table. Mm -hmm. And again, it's the difference like, okay, where can I love myself as well? You know, if you're feeling like you are in this um, situation, this community to gain love, it's like, well, where can you give yourself more love? You know, where are you lacking? Because at the end of the day, we externalize things when we need to internalize them. We need to go within and we'll often self, you know, we'll look for other people to soothe us rather than going within. And it's like, where can I give that to myself? And that's just a great general question today of like, okay, where can I give that to myself? Where's the lack? Where's the thing that I'm afraid that I'll lose? And how instead can I give that to myself? Yeah, it's a great question to ask. I think the most powerful people are the people that put themselves in rooms that they don't think they belong at yet. Mm. I had this one person. So I spoke about my um, yacht party. There was this one person that came. I'm actually going to shout her out. Her name's Amanda and I'm pretty sure she follows your podcast she knew nobody except my head coach at the time. And there was like a hundred people on this boat. She knew nobody. It was completely, she's never done any personal development except one course of mine. She knew that this is the place that she wanted to go. Like she, it just wasn't her thing at all. And I said, come like, you're welcome. You've been a client this year. Like you're welcome to come. And she's like, I'm really scared. Like, I don't know anyone. I'm like, I promise you. You just say like, hey, I'm Amanda. I'm a, like a past client of Rees. I'm like, people will welcome you. I promise you that it's that type of community. And everyone that spoke to her, they mentioned it to me and was just like, how fucking courageous is she? Like being so out of her comfort zone, like knowing absolutely freaking nobody, dancing with people she's never met before, sharing her life story. Like she she didn't just sit there and just sip on a drink. She actually like met people and spoke to people and really put herself out there. And I said, I'm so fucking proud of you because that is ballsy. Like that is really overwhelming for most people. And you did one of the hardest things. And I'm like, if you continue to put yourself in these rooms, I'm like, you are guaranteed to win guaranteed to win like the people that were at my yacht party as a total like will easily like as a whole probably created have created over a hundred million dollars easily and she walks into that place wouldn't even know what like maybe two three hundred thousand dollars looks like walks in there and goes you know what I'm gonna put myself in this room and I was like I'm fucking proud of you because not a lot of people would put themselves in such an uncomfortable situation just to test if they belong Mm. and it was such a powerful powerful, it was a powerful boat to be on (laughs) yeah conversations I'm like I'm a social butterfly and I float and I like I know a lot of people um and it's just like I loved floating from conversation to conversation it was so good you don't do this these people over there and they're talking about business and these ones are talking about relationship and this is one is talking you know they're talking about like addiction how they came through it it's just like all these different it was such a powerful immersive experience it was your birthday but fuck it was amazing to be a part yeah and then imagine someone that's never been in a world like that ever and then just enter. I was like, fucking like, well done. So for anyone that's listening, I task you within the next year, go somewhere where you know nobody and you like make yourself the dumbest person in the room. It is the most humbling and rewarding experience ever. I love being the dumbest person in the room because I always come out smarter. Always. Yeah. 
God, that's good. And be curious. Be super curious too. Don't like immerse yourself. Don't be a fly on the wall. Yes, listen, 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 listen. But then ask questions. Mm. You know, ask questions. Don't be afraid to ask questions. And even recently there was a container that I was in and it was like, um, like a mastermind, a mini mastermind. And there were six people, seven figure and is in there. And it was like, you had the opportunity to ask someone that was making seven figures any question, just about anything. It was real open book. You asked about her relationship, you asked about her business. And it amazed me how many people just didn't ask anything. And I was like, oh my gosh, like this is insane, the value that you're getting. And then also too, it was being willing to go first. You know, I was like sitting there like, oh, do I want to ask anything? And I'm like, fuck it. I'm just going to ask like whatever comes through. I'm going to utilize, you know, her time. And also I truly believe by asking questions, you're showing a level of appreciation too. You're, You're actually letting this person know like, hey, I value your opinion. I value your values. I value your belief systems like tell me what would you do and you don't always have to take it on but it's so these are expansive moments and that's what I love too about your yacht party like your birthday it was an expansive moment for so many people as to what was possible for them so totally. the more get in that container in those environments it's just like you get to use people to expand and I know your clients do that with you my clients do with that with me it's they get into our world a lot of the time just to be in that energy so that they can expand and see what's possible mm. Yeah, I absolutely love that. And the thing about questions is I notice people don't ask questions because they don't think they're going to ask the right one. Mm. I think that's why people don't ask questions is like, well, what kind of question? And then that's just their own perceptions. So, oh, maybe if I ask that question, that's a dumb question. Like there's no dumb question. Mm -hmm. There's no dumb question. Yes, you could articulate a question better, but there is no dumb question. So just ask, like, when are you ever going to have that opportunity again? to be put in a scenario where you can ask those type of people those questions. Just ask. Like the worst thing that they can say is they don't know the answer, which I highly doubt they don't know the answer because we only ask questions we already know the answer to. Mm, We only ask questions we already know the answer to. Oh, that is powerful. That is powerful, you guys. Um, Boundaries. I want to talk boundaries with you. Did you have or do you recommend people have boundaries with their friends, their family? I know you've obviously mentioned not telling everyone what you're doing and everything, and I'm a huge advocate for that as well. You know, the 1% shouldn't be telling the 99% what they're doing because they're just not going to understand it, and that's Mm -hmm. okay. But when people don't understand it, we take it personally, um, and that's not personal. They just don't understand it. So is there certain boundaries, friendship audits, or things like that that you've done over your career in business um, to eliminate a lot of that judgment? Mm, I'm really – so boundaries are an interesting one. I think that if you need to implement a boundary, you haven't communicated it enough in your own energetic standard. So if you actually have to say this is my boundary, it means that you're probably not actually doing it energetically because, like – I'll I'll give a prime example and I trust that this is okay to share with you. I know not to text you late at night or expect a reply at night because I know without you even telling me that you're not on your phone. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's what I mean by an energetic standard, which is already a boundary in our friendship because it's something you hold because you're actually not on your phone to be like looking at it for the text messages or anything like that. You just, you just have your phone down and you're with your family, right? So that's something that's never been actually said yet. I can, I've already feel it. I'm like, oh, I expect not to get a reply from you. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's an example of an energetic standard. Whereas a boundary would like, if you had to implement that, 
is more so if you're replying at night and then I'm replying and texting and replying and then I could continue doing it because in my head I'm like, oh, I know that I will get a reply late at night, even though you're like, I really should be off my phone. And then you're like, oh, re, please stop texting me at night because I don't want to be on my phone. That's more you not holding your own standard. Mm-hmm. Right? So I, when it comes to boundaries with your friends and family, start asking yourself, what's the standard that you want to hold for yourself and the expectation you want to hold for yourself? There may be a little bit of like tantrum from people because they're not used to the new you and they might go, like the old you, you've changed, and that kind of has to happen for you to up level. And eventually they'll get used to it. You know, like eventually another random example is there was a time where I decided I didn't want to do gluten and dairy and people used to chuck a fucking nana because they're like, oh, now we have to consider what we make for dinner, blah, 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 blah. And now people consider it. People (laughs) consider it more than I remember that I don't have it. Mm Mm-hmm. They just go, oh, this is gluten dairy free. I'm like, oh, thanks. That's crazy that you remember that. But it's just like it's just now an energetic standard because they just know, right? So I, when it comes to the boundaries, so I guess the, to answer the question of what I would have done is I was just more conscious of my time and when I spoke. Like they were like that. That's how I got myself back into alignment of my own energetic standards. Is like how am I spending my time and what am I speaking about? And that kind of like pulled me back into the alignment of my higher self and then continued to move forward. And then people just kind of caught up. They were just like, oh, yeah, you know, that's mm-hmm. how it is. Yeah. So that was, that, that, hope that answers the question. Yeah. No, it, it does. <clears throat> and it's so true. And you're right. You know, you have to start having those standards within yourself. And, and there's been plenty of moments too, and you kind of, I believe in um, fluidity, but I also believe that you need to uphold the standards. Mm. You know, I have really strong standards and um, boundaries with my own personal clients. You know, they know on the days when I'm on, when I'm not on um, times, like I'm not at night, but there are times, you know, for example, if I know that I haven't been in my Voxer message app with my clients all day, then I will jump on at seven, eight o'clock at night and I will reply to them because the standard that I've set within myself is to be in response to my clients. That's a personal standard. I'm not saying this is for everyone either, but you know, but that's the odd occasion. You know, I'm not in my box of message support with my clients every night and they understand that. You know, and I've also set containers really early on and just saying, hey, like I'm not constantly on 24 hours a day. You can message me at midnight, but my notifications are off on this app. So I'm not going to see it. And when I'm on the next day, then I'll reply. So it's super important that you have that. And there are times, you know, like yesterday I was trying to resolve something with a previous client and her message came through at like 5, 5.30. And I was like, it came through when I, when I seen it and I was like, I could easily just quickly listen, quickly reply. And I'm like, but no, it's going against the boundaries that I have because we have family time in my house between 4 and 7 p.m. And family time means the one-to-one. It is like no phones, no laptops, no technology. It's us cooking dinner, doing homework. Like, And if I was to break that, then I'm not just like breaking the boundary within myself. Like I'm breaking the standards that I've set with that client and the container and the expectation. Now she's going to have a different expectation. And also too, my family have the standard now too, that that's what it is. You know, when my partner came into our home, I was like, this is family time. Like we put, this is it. Like just to let you know, we put phones away and it was one simple conversation and then that's it. So if I'm then doing that, I'm breaking trust with him. I'm breaking trust with myself. 
And then again, when you don't trust yourself, if someone tells you something about you, if they judge you or if they say something about you, like you're a scam artist, you're greedy, we don't trust yourself enough. You don't know yourself enough. So you're going to take on their beliefs and you're going to believe what they're saying about you is true. So it all intertwines. Fully. Yeah. I love that. And what I love that you mentioned was the part of someone's new to your world. It's just a communication. Mm -hmm. Like it's just having that conversation. Like I know a coach, a very, very highly successful coach in her contract, it states, if you message her anything in the group chat in Voxer from like 5 p.m. Friday to 9 a.m. Monday, she won't even read it. Mm. So it would be like, it's up to the group to talk about it. She's like, I'm not, because sometimes there could be hundreds of messages and she's like, I'm not going to spend over an hour catching up. Like, if you want me to know something, you do it in these hours. And But it's a clear communication boundary that's set in her contract. So people can't go, oh, but you didn't answer my question. She goes, well, in the actual contract, it states, I'm not reading it if you put it in that time frame. So yes, if someone's new to your world, you might need to like communicate kind of like a new partner going, Hey, this is family time or like, Hey, I'm not going to answer you at this time or Hey, I go to bed at this time or, you know, whatever. Sometimes you just got to have those clear communicated conversations and then it's fine. But if you think it's up to expectation or like uh, assumption that they're just going to catch on, you don't know that. You don't know what they're used to. You don't know the relationships that they've come out of or the coaching agreements and containers that they've been in in the past. Like maybe they had a coach that was always in Voxer like 24-7, you know, chatting away and you're just like solid. You just go be like, hey, that's fine that that was how it was in the past. But for me, it's like this. And if you don't like it, I'm not the coach for you. I love that. And something that came to as well, when it comes to your friends and family, you can have that communication and you can articulate, hey, I don't want to speak about business. You know, there's nothing wrong with that. Like moving forward, if you feel like business is a bit of a, um, you know, toxic topic where you get a lot of backlash or what are you doing? Or have you even made money this month or this or that? Or there's a few backhanded comments. You can literally in the next family event, when you get that, you can just be like, Hey, like, I actually don't want to talk about business. Like I'm off the clock. I want to like have time with you. Tell me about you. And people love to talk about themselves. You can literally be the master of redirection and just be like, tell me about you. Like how's the kids, how's the dogs, like how, what's going on And, and make sure you don't then ask them about their job because then that would obviously be hypocritical. But again, you can set that boundary really early on in those settings and just be like, I just don't want to. Like, there's so much more abundance in my life other than my job. Like, what's going on? Yep. I totally agree. I've had those conversations with family before about like, if they are drinking, I say like, I'm actually not going to be around you if you drink mm-hmm. and I won't be attending any events because I'm, I've been sober for eight years. So I'm like, I won't be at any events where there's a lot of alcohol and people are getting rowdy and drunk. I'm like, it's fine if you want to do it totally okay it's not my environment and it would create more it'd it'd be not a nice environment for you and your experience if I was there because I would be uncomfortable so it's actually better if I just don't go so that Mm -hmm. and if you choose to believe that I don't love you because I'm not attending because you're drinking that's your projection my projection is it's actually a better time without me and then I leave it at that and if they don't like it I'm like oh well Like, I'm not here to live my life for you. I'm here to live my life for me. And I'm not even disrespecting your choices. I'm just owning my own. And that's the power. Like, that's coming back into self-power of, like, this is my belief system. And if you don't like it, too fucking bad. 
Oh, I love that. So powerful. So powerful. Well, this has been absolutely amazing. Do you have any final thoughts or anything that you want to say to our audience to help them move through that fear of judgment or maybe someone said something nasty recently and they're still, it's a bit of a wound. Do you have anything that you can give them any advice? I would just say, start looking for the new table. Mm. Like remember that there is so many people around you that have found new tables to sit at and have the courage to sit at new tables Yes, sometimes you need to pay to be at the table. I have invested with one particular coach. I invested almost $50,000 and I learned a lot of amazing things. But the best part about that entire amount of money I spent was the table that I sat at. Like they they taught me so much. I got so many certifications. I got so many beautiful, you know, like breakthroughs for myself. But the $50,000 was worth its weight in gold just for the people I met. So sometimes you have to pay to sit in those tables and it's fucking worth it. Like totally freaking worth it to just show you what's possible. Right. And if you can't afford to sit at new tables, like in that scale, start listening to and like online tables, mm-hmm. tapping into this podcast, watching live videos, joining masterclasses, you know, being a part of Facebook communities and actually engaging. There's still forms of tables to sit at. Go to networking events that are for free. They're, they're tables you can begin to sit at. Yeah, I, I love that. That's like a total mic drop right there. Well, thank you so much. I love you. I appreciate you. And you guys, I will link Re in the show notes. So give her a follow, connect with her. Um, send her a message and let her know the actions that you're going to take from this because let's just not be flies on the wall and let's actually take action and find a new table all right bye guys thank you for listening to today's episode if you feel called and if you feel aligned please share this on your social media and tag me at Beck Hibbard because I love to reshare all of the tags and if you really feel called to it and I would honestly really appreciate this if you can leave a five-star review on whatever platform that you're listening to this episode on.